You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome one, welcome all. It is Tuesday. It is 7.01 p.m. Central Standard Time. Thanks to falling back. It is dark outside for everyone. Today is November 8th. The Dallas Cowboys back from their bye. We are here for our weekly blog and the boys roundtable a smaller crew but the way our platform works it stretches us out larger so we're literally comprising your entire screen if you're watching us on the blog and the boys youtube channel which you can do every single tuesday evening you can obviously catch the rewatch at your own convenience or listen on the blog and the boys podcast network you can see hear, and read all of these fellas all throughout the blog and the boys universe my name is rj ochoa in our northeastern quadrant it is Tony Catalina, he told us right before we started recording that he does not like s'mores. Is that true, Tony Catalina? I asked you a question, Tony, and you're it's muted. Not there true. we go. That's a that's a lie. I love s'mores. Um, I actually think that like the concept of marshmallows. <laughs> I do. I do really like uh, over- s'mores. Yeah, marshmallows as a whole are like really overrated. Um, so we'll see. We I think we might be having an internet lag issue with Tony, which we experienced before we started recording. So we'll see if we can land this plane. Um, you know, we've already started to experience a little bit of turbulence, but it wouldn't be a, a roundtable without that. Our southeastern quadrant, SEC, SEC, uh, belongs to Danny Phantom, who actually lives in the opposite corner uh, of the country. I don't know how you always end up here, Dan. Uh, you said you were under the weather. Um, what is your go-to like move when you are feeling a little sick? Do you throw on like a movie? You know, do you just want to sleep and nap it away? Like, what's your your kind of go-to hibernation mode? Yeah, I do. I like to put on just football documentaries, and so I'm just kind of, you know, fall asleep to it. Okay. All right. Um, well, my favorite a football life that isn't Cowboys related is the Lyle Alzado one. So I highly recommend uh, that episode of a football life. It's very good. Joseph Palumbo says, "Let's go DCFL." Talking about Dallas Cowboys for life are. South Southwest South I can't believe I messed that up so many times our southwestern quadrant belongs to Brandon Clements on Twitter at icebreaker 21 Brandon uh you were impressed by Tony's pellet stove is that the vernacular am I getting this right uh before we started recording is that what it's called yeah yeah and then by the way I'm, I'm on the opposite side too Southwest I'm a northeast guy too so uh we know a thing or two about pellet and oil stove uh, oil um, units up in uh, the northeast it gets a little cold up here Brandon what are your thoughts on um on s'mores Oh, I love s'mores, especially up at camp. You can't go wrong. Get a couple of uh, graham crackers. You get a, some uh, some Hershey's chocolate. Good to go. But uh, the real question is, how do you like your marshmallow? That's the real question. I don't want marshmallow. That's what I'm saying. Like, I really what? like graham crackers. Oh. Like, we, we don't need chocolate and marshmallows to improve oh. graham crackers. Like, graham crackers are amazing as is. Like, there's a lot of pies and stuff that feature graham crust. They're not s'more crust. They're graham crust because graham is an amazing flavor in and of itself. Uh, it's okay, Brandon. You're wrong. I'm right here. We're glad we all understand. Um, so we have a few things to get to. Um, we were going to have Dave Sturcho, but he couldn't at the last minute. Um, he said he didn't want to be here with Tony. Um, so sorry, Tony, if um, you take that personally. Um, AJ says, let's go, fellas. AJ has been a bit generous with points for you, Tony. You were robbed last week, by the way, Tony. Some were saying uh, when it came to the roundtable, AJ has already given Brandon five points, though, for the s'mores take. Again, Tony, you had the same take. Um, you, you liked the s'mores, so, so I don't know why uh, Brandon got the five points, but that has been documented. For the record, uh, AJ tweeted at me, gave me five points. So I want to count those. Uh, you can't. Um, sorry. Um, the lunatic says, let's go any filthy opponent from here on out because we will take care of business on Christmas Eve. Go Cowboys. Uh, the latest opponent for the city of Philadelphia was my Houston Astros who vanquished them. Um, I got to tell you guys, um, as we start things off, you know, we all experience a, a lot of jubilation from the Cowboys beating the Eagles, right? And it's really nice, like, when, when Dallas even sweeps the Eagles, right? Like, it's a really satisfying feeling. But, you know, the next year, they play again, right? Like, and the, you know, you get one game in Philly, one game in Dallas, and you kind of you do the same dance on an annual basis. It's a different level of satisfaction to have a title, to have, have, have won the title and to have destroyed them for a title. 
Um, so I'm, I'm walking a bit tall this week, thanks to the Houston Astros. Um, so, uh, by the way, Kevin notes that anything that can make Philly cry is a good thing. So um, shout out to me. AJ did give you those five points, Tony. So you have those. Danny, you are slacking um, as, as far as the crowd is concerned. Uh, James is going to kick us off with a topic that Dan loves. In fact, our two main topics tonight just have Danny Phantom written all over them. Um, because the Cowboys are uh, taking on a revenge tour this week for their head coach. Uh, we'll get there in a little bit. Uh, but James <laughs> James Rice says, we got to go get OBJ. Let's make a run for the chip. Uh, Dan, we'll come back to you and, and the subject of what you wrote about this week at blogontheboys.com. But Tony, um, there have been a lot of headlines as of late. And, and to kind of set the stage, I think it's important context. A week ago today was the trade deadline in the NFL. The Cowboys were reportedly in on Brandon Cooks of the Houston Texans. That didn't work out. On Sunday morning in kind of the national news dumps, that's when the real bomb goes off. Oh, man, the Cowboys are interested in Odell Beckham Jr. They're they're trying to figure this out. Who knows what's going to happen? Buried in that report was that the Cowboys tried to trade for a Jerry Judy of the Denver Broncos. So we know of two different players who they tried to acquire before last week's deadline. Odell is not subject to trade. He's a free agent. He's obviously coming back from the torn ACL, suffered in the Super Bowl. So, Tony, I put it to you. Should the Dallas Cowboys sign Odell Beckham Jr.? I hope my Wi-Fi holds up when I say this because <laughs> as I'm pretty passionate about the fact that I do honestly think that the Cowboys should Beckham Jr. I think it would help. I think it gives you another legitimate third wide receiver option. Um, I think it's something that uh, the Cowboys could really benefit from having out there. And, um, you know, I, I know Danny comes with reason and he comes with, um, you know, I, I understand the point that Danny comes from. So I, I completely get his perspective. But at the same time, if they can make the money work, I, I think adding another dynamic playmaker that and I think this is a stable and strong locker room. So I think um, having Odell Beckham won't be a distraction as many as uh, presented. But I definitely think if the Cowboys have the opportunity to make the money work, they have to pull the trigger. A little bit dramatic at the beginning there, Tony, when you said, I hope my Wi-Fi holds up. It was kind of shaky, uh, and then it stabilized. So that was really like, kind of cool, honestly. It was almost like purposeful. Um, so an extra couple of points for you uh, for drama. Um, Brandon, before we get to Danny, because he is foaming at the mouth um, to, to go off on this subject. Um, majestic detail says, after 27 years, Jerry needs to finally take a risk. I think he finally makes it. I think the perception that Jerry hasn't taken a risk is, is silly. Um, no offense to majestic detail. Kevin says trying to trade for a receiver just shows how bad Dallas screwed up trading Cooper for a fifth round pick. Look, I love making fun of the Cowboys for this because it was so bad. But at this point, like we all know it, we can all acknowledge it. Like we don't have to relitigate the situation. Yes, they made this bed and they're lying in it. But to their credit, Brandon, they're kind of trying to get out of bed on the right side, right? Odo Beckham Jr. That gets us on, you know, hey, he's a starting wide receiver in this offense. This team needs receiver help, do they not? Yeah, I mean, it'd be, it'd be a nice solid trio with CD Lamb, Michael Gallup, and Odo Beckham Jr. I mean, that. I think that's a pretty good trio that Dak Prescott would be very happy to uh, throw the ball around to. I mean, who wouldn't want to see Gallup on one side and you also have uh, OBJ on the other side just just going uh, going deep with the go patterns and letting Dak just pick one and just throwing bombs. And obviously CeeDee Lamb's in the, across the middle of the field. And then obviously you got Dalton Schultz. I mean, this I mean, this would be uh, this would be great, a great thing for the Cowboys. And uh, Jerry does take chances. Jerry, Jerry's known to knowing to roll the dice on some guys that maybe other teams may or may not uh, want to add to their team because Odell has a big personality. We all know that. We've seen it a lot, especially with his time with the, with the New York Giants, with the whole uh, the kicking net thing and, and other things over the years. But if Jerry can handle a personality which he has, like a Des Bryant, why not bring Odell Beckham Jr. in? And if he's ready to go, I mean, why the heck not? The Cowboys got about $7 million in cap space right now. So if they can make the financials work, it's absolutely a great idea. I think he'd be a great a great addition to the team. And here's the thing. You're not expecting him to be the receiver one. We have CeeDee Lamb. Michael Gallup's working his way back into the game. So if, you have, if you're bringing Odell Beckham in as a receiver three at this point, why the heck not? So, Danny, uh, Tony is coming from a place of, like, absolutely give it to me right now, please. Brandon, a little bit more in the middle. Like, why not? Right? Like, that, that is a little bit, you know, not right in defense, Brandon, but a little bit like, hey, I'm not opposed. Like, this, this can totally help. Why not? Yeah. Not as passionate as Tony on this subject necessarily. Dan, you wrote this week, uh, I teased it, about why the Cowboys should not pursue Odell Beckham Jr. Naturally, the day after you wrote that article, Jerry Jones jumped on 105 through the fan and said he sure would look good with a star on his helmet. Um, so we lost Tony for the moment, but while we wait for him to return, Danny, um, why do you feel like this is, I don't want to put words in your mouth and act like you think it's a bad idea. You're just 
not as, as gun ho about it as other people are. No, I'm not even on the fence about it. I'm not even slightly over to the to the no side. I'm emphatically no. I do not want Odell Beckham. I think there is a, a long list of reasons why I don't want Odell Beckham. And I mean, you could start with just him himself himself as a performer and and how he's played recently. He hasn't been playing very well over the last four years. His production has declined. He was fantastic early in his career for sure. Um, but he hasn't been. And then last season, even, you know, he was averaging 38 yards per game in Cleveland and that's Cleveland, right? But he was averaging 38 yards per game in LA. So yeah, people remember the postseason performance and yeah, he did great, but you're asking this guy, you know, 30 years old coming off his second time he's tore his ACL. We don't know what he's going to be able to give us. We don't know when he's going to be able to give it to us. We don't know if he's going to mesh with the team. You know what he's going to do? Is he going to mess things up with the Cowboys are slowly kind of building their offense up to something. We saw, you know, last week, last week was the the first time we've had a Cowboys game where we never really felt like, is the team going to come back on us? Because the offense was just turning, you know, humming over and over and they were just moving the ball. And I think that's points to just how well they're starting to figure some things out. And so I think to me, I don't think we're going to be able to get him for 1.25. If this if this was a 1.25 thing, then I would be on the I would agree with Brandon. Like, well, why not? Where's the, what's the harm? I mean, the the risk is smaller, but he's going to cost more than that. And I just think that there's too many negatives. You know, when you look at the range of outcomes, to me, there's just too much red for what little green is. So I'm just I'm against OBJ. David Smith agrees with you, Danny. In fact, said plus five, Danny. No. BJ was the uh, the comment there, like you know, play on OBJ. Well done. Uh, now James says it will spread defenses. Then if we want to cover deep, we use Dak, Tony, and Zeke uh, feet and run it down their throats. Um, I think I think you might be featuring them. Um, my thoughts are, by the way, Kevin says plus five to you, Danny. So a little bit more popular of an opinion than maybe any of us would have thought, only because I don't think we can get him for the right money. Um, does anybody care about the money? Like, is the money a big deal to anybody in this uh, in this chat right now? Like. Dan, you're nodding. Tony, you're shaking your head. Why? And Brandon, you're shaking your head. Tony, you don't care about the money. Who cares? It ain't my money. Spend it, right? Well, I mean, if if they think Much they're one stronger piece, connection. By the way, just so you thank you. Some sense of peace. Appreciate that. So, um, and for me, the money. If they think this one piece is going to put them over the top, am I going to count nickels and dimes over that? Like, I, I they if they really think, and obviously they do, the way they were in, like you said about Jerry Judy, and the way they were in on um, Brandon Cooks. If they think that one of these receiver pieces is going to be able to take them over the top with this defense, I mean, Jerry Jones is 80 years old. He's not getting any younger, and they think he sees the opportunity in front of him. I'm not worried about the dollars and cents. To be clear, literally no human being is getting younger. I hate that expression. Like People will be like, well, yeah. so-and-so's not. Like, show me the person who's getting younger. Like, well, the Benjamin, Benjamin, Button, <laughs> Benjamin Button's got younger. That's true. Uh, but again, I hate. I also hate when people are like, oh, that it's a fleeting moment. Literally, all moments are fleeting. Like, they're all equally fleeting. No, no moment is fleeting faster than one another. Um, so, it just, you know, my my opinion on that. Um, Brandon, you also shook your head. I'm I'm with Tony. Like, and and to add to Tony's point, I don't want to put words in your mouth, Tony, but this was why you traded Amari Cooper, right? This is why you cut Lyle Collins. Like, you had to, you wanted to save for a rainy day. Guess what, Brandon? It's raining outside. Get do the routine that Danny's talking about. Throw on your favorite documentary. Get a blanket. Make a cup of warm tea, and have yourself a day. Yeah, no. I, here's here's the thing with OBJ. Yes, he he hasn't been producing as much the last couple of years, but he has the track record. He's been a proven commodity in the NFL. And, and here's the thing. You're, again, you're not expecting him to come in as a receiver one or even a receiver two at this point. If you can bring him in as a receiver three, even here's the other part. Dalton Schultz could essentially be the, the, the third option, you know, which and Noah Brown can also be in there. You don't have to ask Odell to do too much at this point as he's coming back from a serious knee injury. So at this point, yeah, I mean, I get Jerry Jones is 80. Every day, we're, we're, we're all each a little bit closer to the end of the road anyway. So, I mean, that's that's a fact of life. But and Jerry Jones, I think if 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 I if I have a feeling about this, why would you put why would you put those trade talks out there where you're where you were looking at Cooks, you were looking at Jerry Judy? You obviously know that James Washington seems not to be the answer already. So if you're sniffing around and you know the trade talks of of caliber players like Judy and Cooks, I mean, and if you can get OBJ, I mean, yes, it's going to cost you, but more, you know, it's going to cost you from a financial perspective. But if you can get OBJ for for no draft capital i think i think that's the win right there so 
I, I don't care about the, the money at this point. I mean, there's a, you know, there's six, seven million dollars left to, to play with. I mean, let's let if, if it's the one piece that Jerry and the company thinks that we need to get to the, the to the, the Super Bowl, why the heck not at this point? So Brian Danny says OBJ wants three years in the range of thirty million dollars. I'm okay with it. Thank you for the super chat, Brian. You shaking your head, you're not cool with that, right, Dan? Um, Tony, Brandon, I'm sure you're both fine, right? Like, who cares? Long term deal, whatever, multi years, who cares? I do want to bring something up. Um, so first of all, Tyler gave me five bonus points that I can award to someone at the end of the stream. I love this. So I now have a five point bonus chip to apply at the very end of the stream. Love that. I love the way, you know, I love the way this show is going so far. James says five plus, uh, or five points for Tony. Just go for it, right? So Tony, you're kind of getting the, you know, live you know, live, live now. YOLO, baby. Right. Like it was, was that like, were you somebody who said YOLO? Tony, I could totally see you like texting YOLO to your friends. Yeah. Maybe in a joke and meta yeah, a couple of times. Um, <laughs> uh, so Danny, the lunatic brings up funny how we forget three days after signing OBJ. This was last year, obviously, uh, after the Browns cut him, the Rams lost a receiver to injury. A luxury becomes a necessity real soon in the NFL. This Cowboys receiver group is on thin ice, right? Like, and that's, that's not, I get that is the front office's fault. Um, but they have made, you know, a lot up for their decision making. And I think something I've been saying on the shows that I've been on is they've earned a benefit of the doubt. That's why I'm willing to extend some belief towards James Washington, despite the injury, because they've been proven right on a lot of players that I know I scoffed at Dante Fowler, Brett Maher, Cavante Turpin, Anthony Barr. I thought all those things were just kind of whimsical, not going to pan out sort of signings. But here they are laughing in my face. So I'm willing to trust them a little bit on James Washington. But Danny, we just finished an eight game stretch where the quarterback didn't play five games. I mean, it is a battle of attrition in the NFL, so this position is kind of weak. Can you not make an argument that Odell Beckham Jr. is the best receiver on the market? The fit is there. You bring him in. You never know what happens. This team lost Michael Gallup in the penultimate game of the regular season last year when he tore his ACL. Well, I actually think you made a good argument, RJ, that just says you you need to just find a way. You definitely don't want to practice or build your team based on those kind of scenarios. To, but before I touch on this, I wanted to talk about if, if you're asking to be like, you know, you don't care about the money, you're throwing around 30 million like this. I want to ask you, is there anybody here that would prefer OBJ over Tony Pollard? Because I certainly wouldn't. And, I mean, um, but are you willing to trust that? Like, I mean, I, I mean, they're using Tony Pollard more to their credit, but are they, we still haven't seen, to your point, Dan, we heard all throughout training camp, oh, he's learning the route, he's going to work in the slot. When if, if that's going to happen, if we're guaranteeing that, then yeah, I don't think any of us disagree with you, but we haven't seen that bear itself out. I mean, we've seen, I think right now, Tony Pollard gives us more than what OBJ would add. And this is why the, this is why the money matters. It's because you need to look at what, are you actually going to gain from it? You know, you know, you talk about the Cowboys admittedly have a need by what, what we've heard that they're trying to go after. Well, you know what? They were also trying, they were interested in Von Miller, you know, apparently, but they, they lead the league in sacks. So it doesn't mean it's not admitting that you're just completely terrible just because you're taking an interest in somebody. But when you look at OBJ, you know, they're interested. Obviously they're, they're trying to look to, can they improve their, their roster and an improving wide receiver is the one area that they could use help in. But, I don't think that the gain from so a player like OBJ is going to bring what they can do with the money always matters. If, if, if he's asking for that much, the Cowboys will be a better team by spreading their resources elsewhere. So, I mean, I, I think, the, I think fans are just, you know, we've, it's been so long and we just, we want it. So we're, we're acting in haste. And I think that's when you get you in trouble. When you start thinking you're one player away, that's when you get yourself in trouble. And I'm just not going to think like that. AJ gave you five points, Danny. Those are documented. Brandon, you raised your hand, then Tony. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with Danny's point where, you know, you, you, you do want to spread the, the spread the wealth with different players. But at this point, if the team is that close and if the front office believes that they're that close to, you know, to the championship, I mean, I mean, why not just put all your chips in in, in this season? I, I, I would hate to lose Tony Pollard, but I also would hate to have a receiver go down and then, you know, the Cowboys are out of the uh, divisional round once again. That's that's where that's how I feel about it. So I, I think if you can get OBJ, and, you know, for, for a decent price, then great. If you, you know, if he wants if he wants that 10, 10 million average, let's not forget. We, we just gave uh, Gallup, I think, 11, 12 million, I believe, uh, per year. So, I mean, at this point, I think we put all the chips on the table and, and go for it, especially if the front office feels that way. Tony Catalina. So 
I, my whole thing is Danny and, and you come with it with a really, you know, a good way of looking at this team. And, and from what I know and, and I've interacted with you before is you feel pretty strongly about the way that this front office operates and, and they make sound and, and reasonable moves that you seem to attend to agree with. If this team is telling you that they're in on Brandon Cooks and they're in on Jerry Judy and they're in on OBJ, they're telling you that they believe that they're a wide receiver piece away. How come you believe them in other situations, but in this one, you don't believe them? That's an excellent question. I'll tell you what, Tony, if they sign OBJ, then I'm going to sit there and I'm going to, I'm going to follow my own advice that I preach to you guys every week. And <laughs> as far as trust these guys, they've deserved a benefit of the doubt, but did they sign Brandon? Did they trade for Brandon cooks? Did they trade for Judy? So, I mean, the Cowboys, they have a, they have a limit as far as what, how the, what the value of these players are. And, and they'd have the same with OBJ. So if, if they ink them, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm going to sit there like with Amari Cooper. I don't, I'm not going to agree with it, but I'm going to let it play out and I'm going to see what happens. And, um, but they haven't yet. So I will say, let's just see. Oh, if they, if they sign, if they signed uh, Odell, that means Kellen Moore, Mike McCarthy, Will McClay, they've gotten together. They've looked at this thing, laid everything out there. And, they, and they've said, look, we can make our offense better than this way and this way. And they truly believe that the gain will outweigh the cost and uh, against what I am saying. I just don't think that's where we're going to be. Um, but absolutely, Tony, if they do, then I'm going to I'm going to swallow the pill just like I asked you guys to do. And just let's just see why I will be more excited about it for sure if they actually go through with that. Great, Brandon, you raise your great hand. question. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the Cowboys are looking to trade for Brandon Cooks, who has a high cap number. So they have to figure out the, the financial numbers on that end of it. And, and Jerry and Judy's got a first round contract. So. I mean, there would have to be some, some, you know, financial juggling there. And those are, those are long-term contracts too, if I'm not mistaken. But, you know, if you can, if you can get an, a caliber OBJ, even if, even if he's, I don't, I don't know, 75, 80% of, of the guy that, you know, we once saw make that great catch on Brandon Carr back in the day, and you're getting him for no draft capital versus a guy like Brandon Cooks and, 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 you know, a guy like Jerry Judy, who are both, you know, both decent players, but, you know, when, when Odell was in his prime, you know, he was, he was one of the best receivers in the game. So if you can get him at, you know, even a 75% Odell and not have to give up trade, uh, uh, draft capital, I think, I think it's one of those things where the Cowboys could land, you know, they can land a great player and fall into it like they have with the Maher situation where they just, they luckily, they just, they just got the right guy at the right time. And it, it kind of happened on accident and it, it worked out well. So, I mean, it, that's kind of where I stand on it. I want to morph. Oh, go ahead, Danny. I just want a quick point. I think it's very important for us to be genuine in this, and we need to to eliminate any possibility. You know, the the old Odell. We haven't seen that in quite some time. And I understand if you can get eighty percent of that. I think that we have to really judge based on recent history, and we see we see his production is 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 dropping. He went to a Rams offense where they had Cooper Cup on the other side, really explosive offense, and so that's that's your Odell ceiling. But I, I don't think that I, I really think that. To properly evaluate this, we have to be honest about that old Odell is way gone. We're not even sniffing anything close to something like that. Before I get to the point that I was going to make, I want to piggyback off of that, Dan, and and say I don't think it's fair to say Odell's a diva. The same way we're saying he may not necessarily be like prime, older version of himself. We have not seen that player in a long time. We certainly didn't see it with the Rams. You can talk about, obviously, we have a bot in here. Let me get that out of here. Um, you can uh, you can talk about like the culture of their locker room, the leadership in that locker room, et cetera, et cetera. But we have not seen Odell be an off the field problem. And to be fair to Odell, he's never been an off the field problem in a in a terrible way, the way that other players have in the NFL. Certainly, players the Cowboys have associated themselves with. He's just been somebody seeking attention, and and you know that obviously. Uh, it's not something you want, but he's not, you know, committing any crimes or anything like that. Um, you know, by all measurement, Odell has been an upstanding citizen uh, if you care about those sorts of things. But um, but yeah, I don't. So I think I'm with you, Dan. Like, let's look at who the player is today, what his most recent line of production has been on and off the field. And I think there's some merit there. But I want to morph the conversation that you and Tony had, which kind of uh, springboarded off of the question that Tony asked. Maybe Tony picked up a few points for the question that, you know, was the genesis of all this line of thought. Dan, you mentioned, and you're right, the Cowboys have a threshold that they won't cross. They didn't cross with Brandon Cooks. They didn't cross with Jerry Judy. And you talked about they were in on Von Miller, but still they're leading the leading the they're leading the league in sacks. Do we not still wish that they had Von Miller? Like, do, like, do we not wish that, that they had Zedaria Smith? Like, would that not be awesome if they also had those players in addition? You don't wish like if you could, Dan, you wouldn't plant Von Miller on this defense. 
No, I would not. And that's a, I mean, I've asked myself this exact question because of the scenario. And that's because that would mean Micah Parsons is not being utilized the way Micah Parsons is. This is now, okay. Von Miller would make us a better team, but it would be such a small amount because. So what? To, if it's, if it's, if it's 1%, it's 1%. Would you rather not if be 1% you're paying, better or no percent? Not if you're better. paying Von Miller's price. I mean, if, if, if you're going to take away, uh, other people that are helpful to this team at that cost, which you have to to be to make this a fair, you know, question. Then absolutely not. That one percent that that uh, Vaughn's giving you is not going to make up the difference of all these other things that all you can do with those resources. So that's why Von Miller. That's a great. I'm glad you brought that up because I think that's a perfect example of how the Cowboys could actually they're better without him by using the money elsewhere. To that point, though, and Brandon, I know you had a point. Um, so the Cowboys have benefited from not just Micah Parsons, right? Dorrance Armstrong has shown up. That was a bit of a surprise, right? Like we can all sit here and say, like, we believed in Dorrance Armstrong. Nobody believed in Dorrance Armstrong to this degree, except for maybe Stephen Jones in the one interview on 105 through the fan. Nobody thought that this was going to be the case. They have gotten lucky there. Luck counts. They, they totally deserve credit for luck in this particular instance. They don't have that lurking, waiting for them beyond not signing Odell Beckham Jr. The way they had Dorrance Armstrong, the way they had Dante Fowler, the way they obviously added Sam Williams to the mix, they don't have anything else. To Tony's point, I mean, they have identified this as a position on their roster that they are weak at. I saw a comment a little while ago that said, oh man, they can develop Noah Brown. It's This is sixth year. I love Noah Brown, but like we're past the point of development. I mean, you, you have to have another option you don't have a third receiver you can start right now. I mean, is that not fair? Like, who's the third receiver in 11 personnel on this team that we feel great about? Who cares? You have. Well, I care. <laughs> you, you have. If you look at, there's so many teams that are so far worse off than, and we're playing one this week at receiver. I mean, we have CD Lamb, we have Michael Gallup. And you know what? And it's nothing to do. This is all this stuff is just to really keep a slap in the face to Dak Prescott because you think that he can't operate with what they're giving him? I mean, we don't know who the. I don't. Are. I don't think it's a slap, and no, nobody's saying that. That's not the implication. That, is that they, we think Dak is incapable? It's add more, do more, like hedge your bet. That's how, that's that's the place we're coming from. It has nothing to do with the lack of belief in Dak. I don't want to speak for Tony or Brandon. How much more do you need from a a, a wide receiver three? You, I mean, I don't think I don't think you need to have Odell Beckham to to get the. They had three incredible receivers last year, and it wasn't enough. And they definitely don't have that right now. Yeah, they're a different team. They're, they their offenses run differently, and they they have a, a defense now that that basically dictates that that is the identity of their team. This Brandon, is, Brandon, you raised, I'm sorry, Brandon, you raised your hand. You've been waiting yeah, to speak. I, I was just I just want to add a little bit to the Odell Beckham piece. I know obviously he got injured in the Super Bowl. He scored a touchdown in that Super Bowl, and then the prior two games, so his last two full games, he put up eight uh, eight grabs for 69 yards. And then a San Francisco team, and the San Francisco uh, team that we're very familiar with because uh, that's who ended the Cowboys season last year, 11 grabs, 113 yards. That's, I mean, those last two games, yes, they were in the playoffs. There was a lot of people saying before that injury in the Super Bowl, he was about to make a lot of money because he he balled out in the playoffs before the injury. He was so, arguably and, MVP of the Super Bowl, to your point, Brandon, before he got injured. And we don't know yeah. how the way that game would have played out. But you're right. He was in position to really cash in this offseason before the injury. Tony, you raised your hand in the middle of that back and forth. Yeah, I mean, I understand that this offense is completely different from last year, right? We had a lot of three wide receiver sets that they don't use this year. And obviously they lean on the running game and and, and this offensive line is better off running, moving forward and run blocking. All those things are understood and that's great. But like we talk about making sure that they make right smart, smart money moves and being able to have rainy day things like RJ said, like this is those type of situations where, yes, the identity is team may not be three wide anymore, but why limit yourself from being able to do that? Like Noah Brown doesn't present the the challenge to a defense that Odell Beckham Jr. would, even if he's not the old old Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, he makes things easier for Gallup. He makes things easier for C.D. Lamb. Like if you're able to go four wide with C.D. Lamb in the slot on the other side, Odell Beckham on the other side, you just put defenses in binds. And now may that that may be a situation they use eight or nine times in a game, but but. The, we've seen games in the playoffs and seen situations happens where you think you're coming in with a game plan and you have to switch that game plan on the fly. And the teams that are prepared for that have the talent to do it and are able to evolve in those situations are the teams that end up playing in February. So I, I'm just, you know, I'm not saying that Odell Beckham is like this end all be all, but like he is the third option and they still want to go down that road. So I think adding him, if the money isn't absurd, 
I mean, and this is a year that I think we all feel they can win it. And I think he could help put that team over the top in that situation. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels. But now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Just to add to Tony's point, um, I'm obviously coming off the high of the Astros winning the World Series, and I don't want to get too deep into the weeds of this, but at the trade deadline, the Houston Astros traded for Trey Mancini, who can play first base. They didn't really play him there. Uh, In Game 5, pivotal, like critical Game 5 of the series, the World Series, Trey Mancini had to go play first base because Yuli Gurriel got hurt. Made an incredible defensive stop for the final out that prevented a, a Philadelphia run. Right there as an Astros fan, I was like, totally worth it. Totally worth the trade. It was like literally one out. It, it was literally just like for one out, I was like, that was totally worth it. I would do it again a hundred times for that one out. And to Tony's point about it, it could happen eight or nine times. Like there will be a game then where or a moment or a series or a play where they will need a third option. And I'm not saying that you're saying they can just do this every single week, but that that formula is likely not going to sustain itself for another half of a season in a playoff run. Yeah, I'm. I have no argument against what kind of value that would be. If if you're telling me OJ comes in for you know twenty percent of the snaps and he is able to open up the offense, I mean, I'm not. I have no argument to say that's not going to be better because it is. But I'm not paying thirty million dollars for that when I think that they can be almost as good of a team for far less. And I think that. I, and I think that's what I mean. This is a big overpay that you're asking, and and for a lot of these signings that happens, like the ones you mentioned with with the Astros, are there's so many deals that go through that they don't they don't work. Sure, you yeah, there's a lot of misses. It wouldn't have totally totally worked for the Rams last year if if the Niners' safety makes the catch. You know, we wouldn't even be talking about Odell Beckham Jr. And so I I just think that's important that we would just try to really keep ourselves focused on on the gain and the cost and. And people really need to understand that the Cowboys, they they have something good going on. And if you bring Odell Beckham in there, it's it's going to be different. They're not going to bring him on here for us to be the same with a little bit of Odell. It means they're going to change up their offense. They're going to try to do some different things. Maybe that's good. Maybe that's bad. We don't know. There's a lot of risk involved with this. And I don't think it's just a matter of we're like free rolling. It's like, well, it's I mean, what what's the worst that could happen? I do think the Cowboys could end up getting off kilter of something that they're working really hard to do. And I, I think that there is, like I said, a range of outcomes where this is not as favorable as a lot of fans think. I know it sounds great, but I mean, I think it's really, you're asking a lot, and especially if you're going to pay a hefty price to, to get them. So I do think there is a, a, like a twinge of the drought that is affecting people. Um, like, I think, I don't think there's a Cowboys fan out there who wouldn't swap lives with the Rams fan base right now. Like every single Cowboys fan be like, hell yeah, give me a Super Bowl and we will suck for five years. And I'm not saying that's going to happen to the Rams, but every Cowboys fan right now today would do that just because it's been so long, right? Like it would totally be worth it. People like invent hypotheticals like that all the time. Um, So yeah, that's um, a good discussion. I know Beckham that carried us for half the show. Tony is off to a huge lead. Just so Brandon and Dan know the crowd loves Tony tonight. Tony, do you want to say anything to the crowd? Do you want to thank them as we kind of reach the halfway point here? 
I'm trying not to be like the Falcons. That's all. So, um, a little bit of a dated reference. Um, you know, hey, maybe step your game the up back a little in my bit. Mind. I know, but th- there have <laughs> been a lot of halftime there. leads blown since then. Just update, you know, the Rolodex references is all I'm saying. Um, Dan is going to love this. Uh, Brandon, is this week for Mike McCarthy? Mike McCarthy uh, is going to play the Green Bay Packers or coach against the Green Bay Packers for the first time since they fired him in the middle of the 2018 season. The Cowboys did play the Packers in 2019. That was the year uh, that Mike, excuse me, that Mike McCarthy was was off doing his uh, his barn, you know, experiment, whatever. Jason Garrett was still around. Um, the Cowboys have not played the Packers since this game is at Lambeau Field. The Cowboys have only won there twice in their storied history, which is kind of amazing when you really think about it. A um, lot of emotion uh, beyond the fact that it's Cowboys Packers, Brandon Dez caught it, Jared Cook, you know, all this stuff. McCarthy challenged. I mean, a billion different little tiny storylines, but Mike McCarthy kind of at the head of it all. Um, is this week for him? Yeah, I think it is definitely for him. I mean, he had a great, a great uh, coaching career, uh, coaching stint with the Packers, which he cultivated with a, with a Super Bowl rank. So that's obviously what he wants to do here in Dallas. So, and I think, you know, he, you know, I think the fans, I think the, it's going to be interesting to see what the fans are going to do at Lambeau. I wonder if they're going to boo him or cheer him because at the end of the day, he was the coach when they won that Super Bowl. So it's, it's one of those things. And, and, and we've all talked about Mike McCarthy being, you know, he seems, seems to be a player's kind of coach. So, I think a lot of these guys are going to, you know, they're, I mean, they really want to, you know, get this win, especially for coach, because, you know, kind of how things played out with, you know, with the whole Aaron Rodgers drama and, and how things just kind of ended with Green Bay. I think it would be a good, a good way to, uh, you know, to, for Mike McCarthy to just kind of, I don't know, stick it to the Packers a little bit. I mean, yes, the Packers aren't really that great right now, but it's still the Green Bay Packers. They still have Aaron Rodgers. You can't, you can't, you can't fall into this trap game. You got to go in, do your job, and, and at the end of the day, the, the Cowboys have more talent, and this this game should be an easy win for them. So, Kevin, um, I'm not going to dock these five points from anyone, but Kevin does say minus five this week is for us, the fans. We need to see Rogers suffer. Um, Tony, as we set Dan up for his moment, the way we're all setting Mike up for his moment on Sunday afternoon. Um, there would be something satisfying to not only getting a win, not only humiliating Aaron Rodgers and doing so with and for Mike McCarthy, but this game would would really kind of break the Packers. I mean, they're they're already kind of running on fumes as is. They're three and six. They've lost five games in a row, but you hand them their seventh loss. I tweeted this out on Sunday after they lost to Detroit. They fired Mike McCarthy after falling to four, seven and one after f- having their seventh loss of that 2018 season. The Cowboys can hand them their seventh loss on Sunday afternoon at Lambeau Field. I do think that that kind of, I don't think Mike McCarthy's sitting there like evaluating the seventh loss thing, but it would really break the Packers spirit. So it'd be more than just beating them. It would be ending them and maybe ending the Aaron Rodgers area in Green Bay if you know things do fall a certain way in the offseason. I totally agree. I mean, uh, coming into it, I always thought this was kind of like the the throw, the be the first shovel of dirt on them this season. I think we could really begin to bury them with a win here. I think the the Packers understand that. I think Aaron Rodgers, and I always have a healthy amount of fear because of what he's done for us in the past. So I don't care if they're you know six and three or three and six. Like I I, I go into a Packers week saying this team's gonna have to come out and execute and play well. Um, yes, Brandon's right. The the Cowboys are the healthier team. They are the more talented team, and there is some motion behind it. So I think the Cowboys coming off a bye week. This is a perfect perfect recipe for them to go out there and have an impressive victory in Lambeau field. Um, But yeah, like this is a total game that the Cowboys could really bury a a team that was otherwise thought to be a pretty formidable opponent, somebody that they were probably most likely going to have to see in the playoffs to get to where they want to go. And this could go a long way and just putting a nail in that coffin. Danny. No, this week is for us. You know, we we were here before McCarthy. We've had a deal with this. This this he's Packers. got a street named after him in Green Bay, Danny. Oh, well, good for him. You know, I mean, uh, maybe he can go back and visit one of these days. I don't know, but uh, so now the thing is, here's the thing. It might uh, be all you know seriousness. McCarthy, he, his focus is on this team and what they're doing. You know, he he took over a, a a good Cowboys team and he had struggles early, and now he's got things going for him. And you know, this is now this is a good Cowboys team again. And I think you know what I want to make this to be about. Green Bay. I mean, the Green Bay—they're in a bad spot right now. I, I hope, honestly, I hope that we beat Green Bay. It would be not good for Mike McCarthy if somehow we came out flat. But I think that if you look at what the Cowboys are, the path they're on, they—you know—they—they they need to be focused on just getting, getting going there and getting a win. We haven't beaten Green Bay in you know 
2016, I think, is the last time we've beaten them. And so I, I don't really think this is about the accomplishment isn't really, you know, sticking it to Green Bay. I mean, that's satisfaction for us fans because they've what they've been to, you know, that what they've done to us. But part, McCarthy needs to do focus on doing the right things, keeping this team healthy, keeping this team building to what they're trying to do. That's where M- McCarthy comes out the winner to me on. And then, you know, who cares about the three and six Green Bay power, whatever they are. Wow. Just say you hated all everything that I had to say, Danny. Um, I agree with all of you. Like it, ultimately the McCarthy thing is a fun story, but it's not like the driving force. I do think that there is some sort of like win this for Mike within the locker room. I mean, cause the same way that would be exist for anybody returning to anywhere, you know, any sort of revenge game. I think that existed for Kirk cousins and the Vikings last week. There was a clear, like, team-wide level of pride for them having won in Washington for the guy that used to be there. Same kind of thing. But um, quick quick question for all of you, and I'll go reverse order that we just went in. Uh, we're all obviously always excited for every Cowboys game, but some games have a little bit higher level of excitement. I think we would all admit that. Danny, does this fall into the ladder for you? Is it a higher level of excitement than usual? Like, are you pumped? Do you feel like this is an epic game? No. I mean, I'm not. I mean, I, to me, I feel like it's, it's just, you know, the, the Packers aren't, they're not winning, so it's a it's a one that I, we just got to come away with. So I'm not my excitement level has dropped because of the, you know, the, how bad Green Bay has become. Okay, Tony, do you feel like it's epic? Are you thinking this is this is like one of the more ex- games the games you've been more excited for than any other so far this season? I can't say I'm there. I just you know I think I believe that this team is a, a quality football team. I think we have bigger aspirations, so I want to take every week like it's just that week. I understand there's some emotion there, and I hope the Cowboys can use that. But as far as I'm concerned, it's just another game and another win that we have to get. Uh, Kevin Brandon said that plus five for Danny, so five points to Dan. Um, that the Packers have kind of spoiled the fun, spoiled it by sucking and being terrible. Do you agree with them, Brandon? That is, a, there's a little bit of a whimper to this game that there maybe wasn't when we looked at the schedule at the beginning of it all. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, coming into the season, you think, okay, the Packers, maybe at this point, maybe the, the record, you know, where they're at now would be maybe six and three. So they're, they're, a good, they're a good ball club at that point, which, you know, ups the stakes a little bit. But because they're kind of faltering at this point, they've lost five in a row. It's just one of those games where it, it's, I don't want to say it's just another game, but it, it's still in a very important game because every, every game in the NFL matters. So, uh, you know, it, it, I, I kind of count them. I kind of keep them all, you know, kind of like my, my heart rate kind of goes across the board for, for these games, except for maybe when, when we're playing the Eagles again, when maybe they're undefeated again, whatever, whatever the case may be. Hopefully not. But uh, it, to me, it's just I, I just kind of think it's, you know, it's, to me, it's, it's important, but I'm not going to I'm not going to jump going crazy that I'm so excited for this game. I got to say. I'm disappointed in all three of you. Like, what a bunch of Grinches, bah humbugs. I mean, it's they own us. They they own us. Like, what is your problems? Or what is y'all's problem? Like, they own us. We have all spent many. Good. I mean, Brandon, Tony, you've. I'm going to assume shoveled snow or something, you know, the week after oh, yeah. the Cowboys lost the playoff game to the Packers and just like cussed things out in your mind while doing that being like man if not for jared cook if not for mason crosby if not for this like how can you not harbor that like that doesn't go away and so i will fully own that they own us that they are my big brother the packers live rent free in my head i will totally cop to that admit that but it is a real thing and something i recognized this week i wasn't shoveling snow or anything like that this the way i feel because apparently none of you feel this way is how i think eagles fans felt before the Dallas game there. We we all had this like maybe we didn't want to acknowledge it, but we all had this like somewhat of a glass ceiling on that game because we knew the offense was a bit limited with Cooper Rush. We knew it wasn't a fair fight on our end. And so I don't think any of us were like devastated by that loss. We we didn't go into it like Brandon, you mentioned like, yeah, Cowboys Eagles games have a lot of juice, but we didn't go into it the same with the same level of fortitude that we're gonna go into Christmas Eve. And so when Eagles fans won and they were like, ha ha losers, I think we were all like, okay cool like <laughs> you're not really hurting me i do feel that from the Packers side of things i don't think i think packers fans are like cool dude you're gonna come beat us 50 to nothing great mccarthy's gonna get the last laugh we suck we know this we oh. hate aaron too like i do think there's a an overall wide spreading sort of agreement here but shame on all of you for for letting your your you know emotions not drive you this is cowboys packers the cowboys have won two games here two in the history of their team how are you guys not more so- pumped so you want us to be like Eagle fans? 
that are yeah, for this, yes, for uh, yes, okay. because yeah, to we beat, owe them. Beat up on a, a crappy Packers team. Uh, yes, yeah. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I owe them. I, 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 I want to erase there. them from Earth. I I want to uh, erase them from Earth. That's what if, I want to do here. If they had the same record as the Eagles had right now, sure, I, I'm on board with that. But they're they're a crappy team. It's you know to me, it's a it's a a game they need to. Obviously, the Cowboys should win. It's not one of those games where it's like. Oh man, I, you know I I I, I, I can't you, wait. I can't you guys, wait for it. The, the crowd the crowd agrees with me. All right, Mark says minus five Dan, minus five Tony. Beating down Rodgers should fire you up for all the letdown years ago. Um, I love this is a family show. It says we need to run it down their cheese. Uh, Mark adds minus five Brandon. AJ says minus five for everyone. AJ, what the hell? Brian says plus five to RJ is the only one excited for the Green Bay Mike McCarthy revenge game. Um, again, I love something says minus 420. That's a bit of an appropriate thing for this particular comment. Uh, Mark says can't be humble now. Plus five for RJ. Let's go. Uh, Skyler says, I'd also like to give RJ a minus five chip to pass out at the end. I hope we smash Green Bay. Mark says minus five, Tony Brandon and Dan. This is a Dallas Cowboys channel. We can be nasty. All right. Let the fan flag fly, boys. This is a team that lives in our minds. They lurk in the shadows where we walk. All right. We, how, how many times, if, if we could, if I could go back in time, if, if the doc and Marty showed up right now and said, where do you want to go? With the the world you have right now, I would say give, get Micah in the car. We're going to Lambeau Field in January 2015, or we're going to AT&T Stadium in January of 2017. We would have killed to have this defense against this quarterback, and we have it. I know he sucks. I know they're trash, but it should bring you a high level of enjoyment that we're going to watch them suffer for three hours on Sunday. It actually gives me a high level of anxiety, to be honest with you, because I told you, I, yes, I'm not trying to make this game bigger than what it is, but I do have a healthy amount of fear for Aaron Rodgers because the dude throws the ball from his from his hip sideways and, and, and pits, hits somebody in between the hands. So I understand he's struggling and I take a little joy in that. But like my my reason for not getting overly excited about it is because I would hate to see them lose this football game and then me like have to eat those words. And, you know, now we're six and three and Aaron Rodgers got us again. The best part about being a fan is that emotion, though. Like, it sucks when you have to eat those words, but what if you don't? What, what, what if the payoff is there? That is an incredible amount of jubilation. What if you talk trash and your team backs you up? That is an amazing feeling. And if you do it against a team that has historically owned you, again, they have won two games there, Danny, ever, all of life. Uh, like since like we landed on the moon and every single thing that has happened in the history of this world Two Cowboys, and they have both happened in the last 15 years. This is for history. This is for everyone. So disappointed yeah, in all of you. But, I don't even want to pick a winner tonight. Yeah, I think, you know what, by the points going around, I think you're going to, you're, RJ, you're going to be the one. Because we've had so many negative points. Yeah. And uh, Mark has added an additional five uh, to take away from Tony. Uh, and Mark and Skyler both took five away from Tony for being scared. Tony, see, like, you got one of the best teams in the NFL. Why are you scared? Oh, in I'm not, fact, I'm not. Brian said, Tony, why are you scared, bro? <laughs> Danny, I, I, it's Brandon, not, at least you didn't get called scared. You, you guys still yeah. kind of, you know, yeah. winding up yeah. nice here. It, it's not, it's not scared. It's, I, I, as a Cowboys fan, I think everybody in here could agree. We've seen some things over the last 25 plus years where like history is deemed to repeat itself and stuff. So like, yeah, I'm a little snake bit and I'm not scared. DJ, but I'm snake DJ dog has the exact point here. Tony he says, Tony, you are making our case with that opinion. We all fear Aaron beating them is a big deal. If you are truly that scared of him, then you should be so jacked to end him. I would love to end up like it, it's, it's not scared isn't the right word. Like I said, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm not gonna puff my chest out and watch this man deflate cautious. me like Bring he has. Cowboys by fifty. I'm good with that, RJ. Cowboys <laughs> by fifty, sure. I want to just explain my lack of enthusiasm here too. Is I I, I, I Well, you're I, under I, the I, weather, Dan. You're you're afforded a, a, a pass tonight. So no, you know, th- your no, this is, is <laughs> that's not it at all. It's so I think I just don't want this to be treated like I, I just want our focus to be where it needs to be. This this isn't that game where it's like, oh, we finally got the monkey off our back. So now everything's breezy. This is not that type of game. We have other obstacles, other challenges that we need to, you know, ad, you know, achieve before we can actually start to feel good. So I don't still I just want to have some perspective. While it would be great to be it's always great to be Green Bay. It's not it's not our Super Bowl. It's not something that sure. we're just gonna be like like okay, that's this is our season now because we've you know, buried Aaron Rodgers. So 
there's satisfaction there, but I just let's just keep a little perspective and let's not make too much of it. Because you know what? The divisional round of the playoff, that's the game that I'm that I'm worried about. That's the game that matters. I don't care about beating the three and six Packers. I don't think anybody's saying this is the Super Bowl, but I I care. I care more about this than I cared about Chicago, than I care about Minnesota, than I even care about I well, the Thanksgiving Day games on my son's first birthday. So that's a little bit different. But like, you know, I care about this more than I care about most regular season games. This is different. I mean, th- this is this is different. This is our chance. This is this is our miscongeniality walk, right? Like, oh, you thought we weren't it? Well, guess what happened? We went into the hangar. We got all, you know, dolled up. We have Micah Parsons in the door and Armstrong that Stephen Jones believed in. Guess what, Lambeau Field? It's time for us. And y'all are over here like, well, let's just, you know, let's just walk out there. Like, let's be quiet. Like, not even say anything. No, I want to walk out with fireworks and streamers and, and a and a boom. None of us sound like that. No, I, not I, that's all. how I heard it. Come on. I want to walk. I, you know what I want? I want to be the team that carries the big stick. I want to walk out like Debo Samuel walked out with a boom box into a playoff game. I want to be that confident. I'm sick of being meek. So wait, you want to you want to go in and just celebrate being in a three and six team? Is that like is that it ain't really a three a and six team? This, no, this he is, wants, he, he wants ahead, McCarthy on the plane shirtless with chains around him. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, you like that? You like yeah. That? I, I, that's what I, want. Want. I do not want I that. want I want Mike McCarthy on the Pat McAfee show next week bragging about the win. I understand. I understand what RJ's saying. Like if for me, like I said, a lot of my fear comes from past history. And I know that it doesn't really matter, but like that's kind of where my apprehension is. But I, I fully believe that this team in this season is different. I think it has a lot of elements to change a lot of the narratives and the scabs that we have. And if we do what RJ is saying we're doing, I think that would be one of those situations where this team is just confirming that they aren't what we thought they were, you know, in years past. I'm fully willing to acknowledge that this is a, a bit of a sad opinion and a bit of a little brother opinion that they own us, whatever. But I do think the effect from winning to Tony's point is similar to Seattle in 2014. It isn't similar in that, like, this is the big bad team in the NFC. Like I'm, I'm with you, Dan, the Cowboys don't need to announce themselves to the NFL this year. They're one of the best teams in the league, but this is a, this is a, we're different game. This is a, this is a, it doesn't go like that anymore. This is a Micah's here now game. This is a, the tide has turned. This is a changing of the guard game from the way that this particular rivalry has gone for the better part of the last 14 years since Aaron Rodgers took over as quarterback for them. I mean, this is a, we decided things are different game. We don't care what you have to say about it because it's our decision. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Skyler says, I hope we see Cooper Rush score our sixth touchdown of the game late in the fourth quarter. See, like, this is the attitude I was looking for tonight, guys. Man. You said by 50, RJ. Is that an official? What, uh... what non-Eagles game are you this excited for then for, oh, across the rest of the regular season? I'm I'm at and I'm asking well, for all of you. Mark, by the Minnesota, way, says I, I love this comment this from Mark. One. Says this is a pride Giants? game. This is a years of heartbreak game. But Minnesota because of their record, Dan. As, and the I could Giants. see that, like if Minnesota beats the Bills on Sunday, then you know I think whatever. But like, and I don't care what the way like the national media talks about this team. But they they've been gassing this game up since last week. Every World Series, every other World Series commercial was about nobody gave a crap about Packers Lions. That you know Kevin Burkhardt, Greg Olson, and Aaron Andrews. Right? It was Cowboys Packers, Cowboys Packers. The the like emotional currency is much more significant off of this game than it is even if you go beat an eight and one Vikings team. Brandon, I mean the game that I'm looking forward to, obviously aside from the Eagles game, is is the six and I mean right now the six and two New York Giants. I mean they've surprised a lot of people this year, myself included. Yeah. I, I live here in New York, and you know I was I was trash talking. You know I was I was saying there's no the Giants are going to be the cellar dweller. They're going to be even worse than the Commanders. So I've had to eat a little bit of crow in, in upstate New York about it because. Six and two is, I mean. Why are you eating crow? Everybody. Your team beat them with Cooper Rush. Why They should be cooking well, you the crow. I, you should I, tell, tell them how I, you I, want it made, Brandon. I kind of shot my shot, and I said, okay, they're probably a two or three win team. That's how I felt about the Giants coming in the year. I didn't think they were even going to win four games this year, and they've already won six, and they were, you know, we're, we're getting to the halfway point. So I, I kind of had to eat some crow on that part. And here, but at the end of the day, as long as the Cowboys walk out, you know, walk out the year two and zero against them, I'm, I'm good with it. So, I mean, aside from the Eagles, the six and two uh, currently Giants, which we'll see where they're at at that point, and that's that's the game I'm looking forward to. It's it's a quality New York Giants football team, and it, it's it's a division rival. It's been one, it's one of our biggest rivals in the entire league. So that's that's the game I got circled on the calendar. And and, and for me, 
you know, when I when I see these games, especially when you're getting to the latter half of the season, I circle certain games of more importance, whether it's a divisional game, a divisional opponent with a better record, or just better teams. So when I see the Green Bay Packers on my schedule here, and I'm seeing three and six, yeah, I get I, I get the Green Bay Packers have uh, you know you know as RJ says uh, have lived rent free so to speak in the Cowboys fans' head, which that, that's fair. But it's a three and six Packers team. It, it shouldn't. It, it to me, I want I'm I'm more amped up for the the bigger games later on in the season. The only reason that would be acceptable, Brandon, for you to say you're excited for the Giants game would be because of the throwback uniforms. That's it. Nothing else works <laughs> for for that game. That's the only thing that you're allowed to be excited for uh, when it comes to that they game. Are nice. I, I will fully admit, Tony, I'm on a high. My Astros won the World Series. I haven't had a lot of experiences, obviously, given the whole reason that we sit here and talk every week on Tuesdays. I haven't had a lot of like titles to, to have won as a fan, right? So like this is a new kind of territory for me. You're a Red Sox fan, you get it. Like when you're when you're on top of the world, it's it's your hill, it's your mountain. Everybody else has to climb up and look up, and you get to look down. So maybe I'm just feeling arrogant or, or cocky in that way. But I cannot believe that you guys are like, it's it's the Packers. No, come on. This this Des caught it. Des this this one's for Des. This one's for Mike. This one's for this one's for Romo. This one's for you know. I mean, for Jeremy Mincy, for George Selvey. Like it's for all of them that were a part of it. You guys don't even care. The audacity. Well, you know what you say, and I think from listening to both of you, I agree with Danny with saying that the Minnesota Vikings game to me has more importance. I think, but I think of games have more. This isn't about but, this isn't about being rational. Right. This is this is about no, emotion. I'm, I'm glad you said that because games have importance based on different factors. This Packers game is is deeply like an emotional impact to you, and I understand that com- across the fan base. You want to put Aaron Rodgers to bed, and you want to end that. You want to end the Packers season. So I completely understand that. Um, but like like Danny said, you want to do the right things. You want to not make this game bigger than it has to be. I think J. Ron Curse even mentioned that they're gonna go out there and do this one for the Gipper. Like, and I understand that's fine. But uh, three and six. Uh, Packers, if if the Cowboys make this game bigger than it should be, th- they could slip up, and th- and that's a scary feeling. But um, the the fact of the matter is, I completely understand your point of view, but like try not to make it bigger than what it is. That the Cowboys should go into Lambo nah, and handle. See, it. like I hate that mindset. Make it bigger than what it is. Like call it what it is. Be straight up. Be honest. It say it. Like they have owned us. End it. And like if you if you say like, oh well, no, it's not a big deal. It's this and that. Like. I loathe Nick Sirianni. I think it's so stupid how he wears a highlighter on his visor. It cannot be comfortable, anything like that. And he said all week long, right, in the lead-up to Cowboys, he goes, oh, it's just, you know, whatever, this and that. And I think it's lame to talk trash after you don't and after you win. But after the game, what do you do? How about them Eagles? He was cussing on the sidelines, whatever. But you know why? Because it it was about the rivalry. It was big. It was massive. And they made it a big, massive thing. And if you make it a big, massive thing and you go out and, and you take it, then it's yours. You took the big, massive thing. Don't be afraid. I just think that there's there's bad things that come with elevating people's emotion. And, I mean, the next thing you know, it's like we lose to the 49ers and everybody wants to fire McCarthy. I remember that, you know. And so I don't I don't want it to cloud our judgment. So I think it's great to be excited. You know, we should we should enjoy that every week. But I don't think if we, if we start to just try to build this expectations, I think that you're just asking for that same thing, you know, for Cowboy fans to get themselves built up and then they're going to overreact because they're they're going off emotion. So let's keep our emotions in check, RJ. This this is a big season for us. Let's keep our emotions in check. We got business to do. Get your business face on. I mean, nah, I don't I don't want my business face on. I want my lion mask. I, I, I tried. I, I tried. I, I'm sorry. Again, I'm like I said, I'm I can I can acknowledge that my my sports like you know uh barometer is is tilted, you know, over the last few days. Brandon, you were gonna say something. Yeah, I mean, I would be RJ. I would feel more euphoric like you are about this Packer game if if the Packers were the Packers of what they've been recently, which is a very good football team. That's that's my point. I, I, it's yes, I enjoy watching the Packers Cowboys games. I've been watching them in my entire life. But it's again, it's it's not they're not that good of a football team for me. I would feel more euphoric if it was if it meant more, if it meant something, if it was a playoff game or. We say they were that they had the record that the Eagles had. We stopped the we stopped the undefeated Green Bay Packers. To me, it's just they're playing. We're playing a three and six team, and I think we can't get we can't get in front of our you know in front of our wheels here. We we have to we just have to take this game and, and just you know keep moving. These are these are games you have to win, obviously. So like we can't get ahead of ourselves. 
So just just please focus on the game one at a time. I, I don't I don't I just can't get too emotional because when emotional things happen, even on the football field, mistakes can happen from a, from a, from a you know from a on field perspective. I, you've seen it happen. We've seen mistakes happen when players get too you know too emotional. So we don't want it. We don't want it. We want to keep the we want to keep the heart rate kind of you know level. This is the last time I'm going to mention the Astros, and then we're going to tie a bow on all this. All right, it was super terrifying playing a World Series against Philadelphia because I obviously have a lot of you know Philadelphia followers and people who love to talk trash because of the natural Cowboys Eagles thing. So like. There was a deep level of fear, right? Like, man, if the Astros lose, I'm going to have to hear about this forever from like a fan base that I'm not fond of at all. But you know what happened? My team won. And so like I I slayed them. I have that forever. It's mine forever. They can't take it. I get to rub it in their face. And he's, it could say anything they want. I can be as irrational as I want. Be like Astros one and six. I could say anything. I, I could. It's, it's a forever trump card against them because that's the way sports work. All right. I've had enough. All right. RJ, Let's, RJ, I got to cut you off real quick. It's it's always good to see a Texas team, no matter what sport, beat a Philadelphia team. That's all I can say. That's, so I was very happy when the Strohs won. That's a good point, but you've all made your bed um, already, Brandon. Sorry. Uh, Does any of us have points. any points? Uh, you do. Um, I didn't positive, actually. Positive points? I didn't subtract the points that the crowd did um, here because it would have been too much. Um, and I, I use a pen, so I didn't want to do that. Um, so we finished with. Danny and Brandon tied for what the second place, also third place, at 50 points apiece. Tony won with 55 points. However, I have two chips. I have two chips to give out. I have a plus five chip and I have a minus five chip. Now, before I get to the chips, I want to say that instead of subtracting all of the points from all of you that the crowd did, I added those up and gave them to the crowd and the crowd finished with 46 points. You can see that in our chat now. So I'm going to take the minus five chat or chip and apply that to Tony. All right. So Tony goes from 55 to, um, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm typing this out, uh, at the same time, Tony goes from 55 to 50. So you're all tied. I have the plus five chip that I'm going to give to the chat because they deserve it, which means 46 plus 5, 51. The round table winner tonight is the chat. A score of 51 by them to the 50 of you losers. I can't believe how your tails are tucked, how you guys don't feel a sense of pride. Come on, wake up. It's Cowboys Packers week. Congratulations to the chat. I'm so proud of all of you. Now I can say I lost to everybody. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. Um. Yeah, let's yeah, get excited. Uh, Rain six Packers. Let's go. AJ says, yay. Brian says, I'm finally a round table winner. Um, AJ also says, woohoo. Kelsey says, RJ, the goat. Y'all are the goat, Kelsey. Mark says, yay. The chat rules. Kevin says, we are the champions. We are the champions. Skylar says, I take full credit for this awesomeness. It was Skylar's chips that ultimately, um, you know, this is where they fell. Um, and Joseph says, we did it. Let's not <laughs> go to Green Bay. We just won the Super Bowl. Um, I can't. You know, does anybody have anything to say out of pride or shame? It's up to no, you. I'll tell you this, RJ. I'll be honest with you. Um, your, your passion legitimately kind of got me fired up there. And I don't know if I want that on a Tuesday night, to be honest with you. So <laughs> you got me a little fired up for a Sunday football game on a Tuesday. Um, I, uh, I like this question from AJ. It says, do we get to make them make a noise? Those are the rules here. When you win the roundtable, you get to pick someone to make a noise to send us out. So I'll buy the chat some time. Um, you can all pick. I would like you all, you all to pick one of these three, Tony, Brandon, or Danny. We'll go with the consensus. And I would like you all to pick an animal or a food that they have to make the sound of. Animal or food. So we'll, we'll wait. I feel like Drew Carey uh, in whose line just kind of shout anything. The crowd's like waiting for people to shout. So I'm waiting uh, for people to give us some answers. Uh, Joseph says, thanks, guys. I need this on a Tuesday. You're welcome, Joseph. Congratulations to Joseph and to the rest of the chat. Danny, do you feel like this was fair? I, I think it's as fair as it always has been. So. <laughs> Brandon, um, are you proud of the chat or are you jealous? Yeah, good for the chat. It's good to see them win. Uh, it, you know, we can't always win. We, you know, Tony, Tony can win a few here and there. Danny can win a few here and there. And you know, I've actually won a. You know, I've actually started to win a few here and there. 
So it's cool to see the chat get one. I, you know, I haven't been a part of the round table forever, so I don't know. I, I'm guessing this is a first. Um, you guys were all in the mix. It, it is a first. Um, now we have some suggestions. So, uh, Danny, Joseph wants you to make a goat noise. Um, Tony, Jody says that you should make a rooster noise. Um, Brian suggests a sloth for you, Danny. I don't know how that would work. Um, Skyler, I don't know who Skyler is directing this at, says an alligator eating pork rinds. And AJ says Brandon needs to make a dying elephant noise. That's pretty graphic. Um, Kelsey says a dying eagle noise. Mark says uh, chicken noise because these guys are all chicken of the Packers. That would be kind of the opposite of a rooster. Wow. I kind of like that. All right. We're going to go with a chicken. And I'm going to give the chat a few more seconds to pick some. Okay. Skyler says RJ can pick. You know what, Tony? You tried to walk it back. I don't respect that. At least Danny and Brandon had some conviction in their shame. All right, you were the one who's like, well, now I'm kind of popped up. We need a, a chicken noise from Tony Catalina to send us home. Tony, um, do you feel like this was fair? No, absolutely not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, well, the, it can be any kind of chicken. Pixar, um, you know, whatever you want to be, but it has to be a chicken. We got to hear some sort of cluck. It, it can't be one little flash. It's got to be like at least three seconds long. So uh, whenever you're ready, thank everybody for joining us. All right. Here we go. <laughs> More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.